When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Just to give you a heads up, one of us is bound to say something not suitable for little ears. It is, after all, the one hour a day I spend away from my children. Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, December 9th, the Snoopy Phone Edition. I'm Zach Rosen. I host The Best Advice Show, a very short advice show featuring your best advice. I live in Detroit with my family. My daughter, Noah, is four, and my son, Ami, is one. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer and contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column. I'm mom to Naima, who's eight, and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's nine, Oliver, who's seven, and Teddy, who's five. And we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. On today's show, we answer a question from a mom who started phone snooping, and now she can't stop. Does she owe her daughter any privacy, or since she's paying for the phone, does she have a lifetime warranty on snooping? Then, what is the perfect age for ear piercing? We weigh in. On Slate Plus, we talk about a viral video post by a black mother about her nighttime doula. Why is the internet going crazy over a mom getting some much-deserved sleep? But first, we got a bunch of responses to our Toys or Trash episode with similar advice, so we wanted to share one of those letters with you. Elizabeth, what did they say? Hi, mom and dad are fighting. I'm just catching up on your latest episode and wanted to suggest an alternative solution to the family dealing with unwanted gifts. Give them back. My daughter, when she was in preschool, went through a phase with her friends where some of the girls kept giving away little cheap toys. I told my kid that if she wasn't prepared to trade a toy with a friend, then she had to return it and thank her friend for letting her borrow it. The toy gifts stopped after that, and instead, they started exchanging little drawings or other artwork that very quickly ended up in the trash. Best of luck, no unwanted gifts. First, you were a re-gifter, and now you're a de-gifter. <laughs> Seinfeld, sorry. Um, we always love your feedback, so thanks for sharing your thoughts, no unwanted gifts. Remember, you can always weigh in by emailing us at slate.com. As usual, we're going to start the show by sharing our weekly triumphs and fails. Elizabeth. Do you have a triumph or fail this week? So I'm claiming a triumph over like one of the most bizarre conversations that I have had with my beloved Oliver. But to set the scene, we went out to cut our own Christmas tree in the National Forest this weekend. And actually, it turns out that if you have your free um, National Parks Pass for fourth graders, which if you have a fourth grader, you can get the Parks Pass free. You can also cut down your Christmas tree. Um, for free. (laughs) So we decided to do that. So we, um, to cut down your tree, you like go park your car just in the national forest. They like have areas where you're allowed to cut your tree and you're like helping them thin the forest. Hmm. So we just like 
having no idea we were carrying like a little saw. I mean, Jeff had an idea. I had no idea what we were doing. We just like parked on the side of the road and we just like went into the woods. But we finally find a tree and Jeff, Jeff like picks it up. We, we got, it's like a nine foot tree. Jeff picks it up to carry it out of the forest. But now we have like a half mile to walk with this tree. And so in the middle of this, Oliver is like, I have a question. And I'm basically like, hold on, your father's carrying a tree. I'm like trying to get us stopped from, you know, crashing into each other with these sharp sticks. And we had all these coats on, but now we're hot. So I'm carrying all this stuff. We, we finally kind of get back out to the road. We have to find our car. We're a half mile from our car. I walk to get my car. So I'm just like pushing kind of Oliver's question off. So we, we get the tree on top of the car and I'm like, Oliver, what was your question? He's like, never mind, which is guys, the kiss of the total kiss of death. So like hours later, Oliver just says, mom is now a good time for my question. And I'm like, yeah, man, what's your, what's your question? And he's like, do they teach you to smoke in college? And I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, no, no, they don't teach you to, to smoke in college. Remember, you know, cigarette smoke is bad for your body. And he's like, okay, I was thinking I shouldn't go to a college where they teach you to smoke. And I'm like, okay, but I don't think they teach you to smoke at college. So we don't need to worry about this. And he goes, what about in a country where the president doesn't know that smoking is bad? And so is teaching everyone. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's a good thought. But I think everyone knows that smoking is bad. And Oliver says, even in North Carolina. (laughs) And I'm like, do you mean North Korea? And he's like, yeah, North Korea. And then Teddy goes, oh, hey, that's where my ghost friend Barney came from. And (laughs) I'm like, North Korea? And he's like, yeah. And Oliver says, does he smoke? (laughs) (laughs) And, And Teddy says, nope, he doesn't have hands or a mouth. And I literally just leaned over and turned the DVD player on because I just couldn't take it anymore. I'm like, there is nothing good coming from this conversation. It is detracting from this wonderful family event that we've just had. So I just turned it, whatever movie was in there, I think it was some Octonauts, the children just watched on the rest of their drive home because I just couldn't. I just was not willing to follow the breadcrumbs any further. Good for you. Sometimes you can't. <sighs> Wait, so is that a triumph that you weren't willing to follow it any longer? Yeah, I think it's a triumph that I just cut it off, right? That I <laughs> was just like, no. Enough. Yeah. I no wonder I don't want to talk about smoking or ghosts or North Korea. <laughs> None of those things, please. I just want to be glad that we survived the tree. <laughs> How about you, Jamila? What do you got? So I have, um, I guess it, well, it's a, it's a fail in process, if you will. Um, Naima is doing, she takes a dance class and they've got an end of the year recital coming up. It's a big thing. They perform for multiple days and there's this really intense rehearsal schedule, like Friday night, all day, Saturday, you know, like it's a lot. And she's salty about like, basically, yeah, Friday night until seven and Saturday from like nine to seven for like the next two weeks. And then it goes like Christmas time. They're off for a few days and then it's time for the show. And so 
she keeps changing her like thoughts on doing this you know like one minute it's like it's cool it's fine and other times it's like I don't want to do this I want to have dinner with my family on a Saturday night I don't like this and I feel so torn you know we've talked a lot about like kids sticking with activities and the agreement that we'd come to was that you know, she would get through this performance and that would really be our big determinant for like where we're with with dance. Like, are we going to keep doing this? Do you want to just take class once a week or do you want to stick with it three times a week? You know, but like, I guess the fail for me is how much it sucks to watch her have to like reckon with being tired and like annoyed with it because it's like, hey, this is the thing you really wanted to do. And it's the thing we wanted you to do, you know, and we're not pushing. But at the same time, you committed to it. But also, I know how much rehearsing sucks, you know, and like not so much rehearsing, but just like losing your social time, losing your, you know, Friday and Saturday evenings. That's like, you couldn't take my Friday and Saturday for me. You know, that would be, (laughs) I don't know how I would handle that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a bummer. I'm glad that we're, but she's in the final pushes. We're so close. (laughs) 20 more days. So close. Cause don't you feel like she'll really like the performance? Like I, I feel like she would really love the performing part i think so i hope so naima's been a mixed bag on performing you know like when she was in daycare there were frequent performances and there were times where she was into it and gave and other times where she would kind of have a shy moment on stage and would like want to just be invisible and so i'm hoping that she's feeling good and confident and she's such a dancer she's such a natural performer you know like especially now like that she's been training you know like I just see her making up dance routines and stuff in the house like I think it's going to be really great for her I just wanted to hurry up and be over please report back on this I want I I I want to hear hear about the redemption I will I will 20 days yeah okay so the triumph this week my daughter's four and until last week she like would not entertain herself. She wouldn't hang out by herself. And it, I've I've been like trying to, you know, convince her that it's like fun to be alone and you can, you know, be imaginative and, and being by yourself is like one of, it's great. And the other morning she woke up early. Her brother was still sleeping. I think it was like six. And she came in the room and she's like, will you come play with me? And I'm like, actually, Noah, why don't you go into your room? You can, tr- you can get dressed you can turn on your light and you can just like play. And to my surprise, she did it. And she went and hung out with herself for 45 minutes. And since then, we got her um, a Play-Doh set for Hanukkah. Since then, she's been like going down into the pa- into the basement, into her art studio <gasps> and playing with Play-Doh like for an hour and not saying a word. And it is, oh, it's heavenly. It's heavenly. She can she can do her own thing and then we can rejoin her and you know be together but just like to have these little pockets of time where she is with herself and not bored and not um you know needing us it's it's a huge it's a huge step forward and I'm so proud of her. That is huge. Congratulations. Thank you. That's like get a parenting badge. Huge. <laughs> like I it's a whole new world when they can do stuff not with you <laughs> yeah yeah it it feels it feels big
Okay, let's get into our first listener question. It's being read, as always, by the amazing Shasha Leonard. Dear Mom and Dad, I have a 16-year-old who is a really good kid, is in sports and activities, and has really built trust with her dad and I through her actions. She has a phone, and when she got it many years ago, it was always the agreement that we would have open access to see whatever we want, whenever we want. She's now hanging out with a group of boys. We kind of know this group. They met through sports and have some shared classes together. It's a group of three other guys. Truth is, I hadn't really been checking her phone for at least a year. I was more curious to know more about these boys by checking her messages and learned that she and one of these boys is very interested in each other, romantically. This is something she hasn't shared with me. I'm not worried about sex. We've had the talk many times, and I work as a sex educator. I have offered to bring her to get birth control and have given her ways she can access birth control and testing if she should so please. I learned about her interest in one of those boys through reading her texts, covertly. Now, I can't stop checking her phone for clues about what's going on in this relationship. My question is this. Should I trust that our many discussions over the years about sexual health and relationships are in the back of her head? Or should I take the approach... I'm paying for the phone, and I have a lifetime warranty of phone snooping. Thanks. Snoopy. This is Juicy. Who wants in? Well, I want to start, but I don't know that I have an answer as much as uh, I have to admit that I'm kind of stuck on this, too. Uh, I think in the past, I know we've had questions about this. I, I, I know that when I was younger, I certainly believed in the rights of of young people and teenagers to have, you know, journals and phones and things that are for their eyes only. But there's a part of me that just is like, dude, for what? They're still children, you know? And like kids shoot up schools, you know what I mean? Like, I just think the things that can be prevented by monitoring a kid's phone are very likely in in some situations they are absolutely worth checking a kid's phone i don't think that has to be something as horrifying as school violence you know to be worth uh intervening i do think that snooping perhaps you gotta have to you, you have to make a decision it's either i'm snooping snooping forever and i'm not showing my hand until i have something to talk about or I'm going to let you know, and perhaps this is the most respectful approach, and I don't know that I'm, you know, uh, opposed to it, letting your child know that you don't have the expectation of privacy. And so if it is in the phone, I may read it, which, of course, lends itself to a child who's not going to put certain things in the phone and they're going to figure out other methods of communication that they can hide from you. So you can't watch and follow everything that they do. But I honestly do think that a 16 year old's phone should be fair game. And if it wasn't, they would be called an 18 year old and they would live outside the house. So maybe that is my answer. Yes, Yes, I'm team snooping too. I'm on team snooping. I I think it sounds like she set out the ground rules that she was going to be snooping. And so therefore, maybe it's not really snooping, but monitoring. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just feel like the phone is fundamentally different than like a note you pass at school or the things you say to your friends or a journal that you keep. Because a phone is public, right? Like, even if she's texting, like these things can become public. And like these, you know, 
16 year olds, their, their brains aren't fully developed. So I don't think we have to treat them, you know, like they're adults. They're, they're not adults, but I, I think for me, the issue here is, are you being sneaky? Like, does your child understand that you, that you have access to this and that you're going to use that access at your discretion or do they not understand that? And, and some of that goes more to this idea of like about your parenting, like what is your quality of communication with your child? What is the trust that you have built? I think this information should be, you know, the information you get from the phone should be one place you're getting information. Hopefully you're also getting information um, from your child. And if they haven't told you about this, this boy, but otherwise they're sharing information, maybe you need to create more scenarios in which that those conversations can happen and look about like the conversations you are having in the relationship you are having. Is it a place where like when she tells you stuff, you're quick to judge or are you a good like listener and receiver of that information? And if you're not, how can you change your relationship so that you can be that. So I think it's, it's totally fine to get the information. The question for me is like, are you going to go to her with it and be Mm -hmm. like, you're talking to this boy, right? Or are you going to say like, okay, there's, she's not telling me about this. How do I get her to tell me about this? So we can have an open line of communication. And honestly, the letter sounds like they've had these talks and she's open. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just kind of looking and saying like, is it more that I impart information or is it more that that like I'm here to listen and give information. But I think as long as you've made it clear and this, I know I've advocated before for a contract for phones. And this is one of the reasons I think that, that it's good to have is that it sets the expectation. Like we pay for this phone. A phone is a public form of communication. Uh, We have the right to look at things that are happening on the phone. She got the phone many years ago and like, if she got the phone when she was like 11 or 12, does she even remember her mom saying that they have this contract? Like, I wonder if if the agreement, if they've revisited it at all, because I don't know. I mean, I totally hear what you two are saying, but I was coming down on the side of give this girl some privacy. Mm-hmm. She's 16. You've done <laughs> You've done really good work, it sounds like. Uh, you know, talking about sex and sex education and birth control, etc. Like, you've done what you're supposed to be doing. That doesn't mean your work is over. But like, keep being the kind of great open parent that you are. But man, like, if you keep snooping covertly, I think it could backfire. But also, like, if like y'all are saying, like, if you say, all right, just, just so you know, I'm, you know, I'm gonna be I'm continuing to monitor your phone then she could just go underground in some other way with her communication. Like there, if she can't talk to this guy privately on the phone, she'll find another way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about that quote, um, maybe it was Jonas Salk. It's like, you know, good parents give their kids roots and wings. Mm-hmm. Like you've done, you've done, you've done the grounding, like let her fly. I don't know. Let her live. But I feel you Snoopy. I guess I just feel like it's a whole new world. You know, like we, none of us were kids when the amount of stuff and trouble you could get on, 
get into over the internet was available, right? Like when I, like I had a phone line, you know, my sister and I shared a phone line, but my parents could still like hear us talking, (laughs) you know, they like knew that we were on the phone. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. I, I know that snooping is not going to prevent any of this, but I do think that having them understand that the stuff on the phone is not private is important because it's not private. Like even if Mm -hmm. you're private messaging in the same way that Mm -hmm. someone could find a note or, you know, overhear a conversation. I think that kids think the stuff that's happening like on their phone is very private and it's, I just don't think it is private. And so keeping it sort of like, listen, someone this boy could screenshot this and, put it up on the internet like having Mm -hmm, that kind of perspective which is like that is why i'm entitled to read you know the stuff on your phone i'm not saying it's going to stop anything from happening if she's going to have sex with this boy she's going to have sex with this boy and this mom seems to understand that um Mm -hmm. and i don't necessarily think she's trying to prevent that i think this is a glimpse into that world And the question is more like, how do you use this information and how, like, are you maintaining with your daughter this understanding that you can look at her phone? You know, I assume that it sounds like, you know, her daughter, is it not password protected? If it is password protected, does she know that the mom has it? Like, there's a lot lot of questions here about how far the snooping went, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I obviously have, have... younger kids and have not dealt with this with my kids, but I feel like I was a summer camp counselor for many years at at an overnight camp with kids (laughs) these age, this age. And there is a line at which when they know someone is watching or they know what's going on, it's like, it makes them think just a little bit more and sure. Maybe it makes them be more sneaky, but when you're committing to being more sneaky, you are thinking of thinking a little bit more about it, right? Like if you're going to sneak out or you need to sneak around, that takes some more thought. And I think there's some value to that thought and challenging those like, how much do you care about doing this without kind of letting us in? I don't know. It's complicated because I absolutely agree with you that like, if she didn't know that you're snooping and now you're snooping and you're like, I read your texts, she's not going to be pleased. (laughs) She's not going to be like, great, you know? Um, But I also feel like if the world in which you are in, in your house is just like, this is not private information uh, that, that maybe that at least, makes you think about what you're doing and what you're saying and, and the kind of things you're arranging. No, I agree. I agree with that. I do too. And I think that that's really the proper framing that this is about, you know, how not secure and how not private this stuff is like you're, you're just what you do on this phone is accessible by so many people. at so many times. And like right now, having a guardrail between you and the world and your phone is not the worst thing. Well, Snoopy, we just complicated this even further. Sorry, but we were dying to know uh, how it's going and we really feel what you're going through. So let us know. And if anyone else has a parenting conundrum, we would love to hear from you. Just do what Snoopy did 
and email us at slate.com. We are moving on to our second listener question. Take it away, Shasha. Dear Mom and Dad, I'm looking for advice. My two-year-old has recently begun asking to get her ears pierced. Anyone get them pierced at that age? Was it horrible? Do they leave their ears alone or constantly touch them and get them infected? Side note, not looking for a debate. Side note, not looking for a debate on needle piercing versus gun. I've already decided that if she does it, it will be needles at a professional piercer with epic sterilization. Thanks. Ear piercing newbie. Okay, I have no uh, children who have wanted their ears pierced so far. My ears are pierced. So what I'm going to say is that the American Academy of Pediatrics says that there's no risk of piercing your kid's ears as even a newborn. They recommend waiting till at least six months just because of infection. I do not think it is irresponsible to pierce your kid's ears at two years old. I do think it is crazy to have the reason that you're piercing your kid's ears be that your two-year-old wants it. Mm -hmm. Because two-year-olds are crazy. (laughs) They want all kinds of wacko things. So if you want to pierce your two-year-old's ears, pierce your two-year-old's ears. But do not do it because they want it. At two years old, they don't know. They do not know what that means. They see something sparkly and they think that's cool or they, you know, you have it. They want to be like you. (laughs) So I essentially am like, do whatever you want, but do it because it's what you think is the right parenting decision. Either it's culture, you know, it's cultural and, and other people are doing it and you also want to do it for your child to, to, for whatever reason. But I do not think a valid reason is my two-year-old wants to do it. (laughs) You know, I'm of a different mind here, but, uh, as maybe this has come up on the show before a long time ago, a lot of, uh, folks of color, pierce our kids ears very young it's just a thing that's done it's not a decision that's made with the child you know involved it's like you get your ears pierced when you're a baby like my ears were pierced by a pediatrician um when i was an infant and naima's ears were pierced when she was however old they'll take you at piercing pagoda i think it was like two months like we were there that day um you know it's just it's a cultural thing for us little girls wear earrings Mm -hmm. and sometimes little boys do too um I don't think there's a huge problem in like having your ears pierced and then like not having them pierced someday. So if your child is interested in doing this now, get some earrings. It'll be super cute. You know, it's (laughs) safe. Um, It may be a little uncomfortable, but most, you know, a a two-year-old can typically get through uh, the process of an ear piercing. And if they don't like having pierced ears later in life, later in life, they can just stop wearing earrings. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have much, much insight here other than like, if you're feeling ambivalent about it, like this is a great time to practice saying no to your kid because you're going to need to learn how to say no a lot. Um, something that I've been working on. And, uh, but, but again, like Jamila was saying, like, it's also not that big of a deal and it can, it's like pretty much entirely safe now. So, um, go for it also so yeah i think the care is pretty easy now like if you go to the right place and you buy high quality earrings it's not you just keep them clean touching and fidgeting your ear 
with your ear as like a, a young kid who's like got dirty, sandy, grimy hands? Like, did you ever run into any issues with that, Jamila? No, I mean, it's it's great. I, I've had earrings my whole life. You know, they were just never a problem. Yeah. I just think you should do it because you as a parent, because you as a parent think it's the right choice. <laughs> like if if you're looking for confirmation because you want to do it, then do this is a parenting decision you get to make. I just feel like letting your two-year-old, like I just think two-year-olds are bad decision makers. <laughs> you're piercing newbie. We hope we gave you some things to think about. We would love to know what you decided to do. Everyone else, if you're looking for top-notch parenting advice, that is what we are here for. At least that's what Elizabeth and Jamila are here for. You can email us at slate.com. There's no question too big or small. Okay, on to recommendations. Jamila, what are you recommending this week? So I am recommending Passing. It's a movie uh, released on Netflix a few weeks ago. It's based on the Harlem Renaissance novel of the same title by Nella Larson. Um, And it's about two childhood friends who reconnect. And um, we learn that one of them has, they're both light complexion Black women. One of them has been passing for white. Um, And... A, a number of things unfold as a result of that. So the film takes place in late 20s Harlem. And it's really interesting. Uh, yeah, I recommend it strongly. I saw the trailer and it looked really good. And I think Rebecca Hall was the director. Mm-hmm. She was, yeah. I love her work as an actress. How about you, Elizabeth? Sounds great. I am recommending um, the book Letters from Father Christmas by Tolkien. And my friend sent me a copy of this a few Christmases ago, and I sort of read through it, but I brought it out as our read aloud this year. And we are just really loving it as a family read aloud book. So it's a collection of the letters and drawings written to Tolkien's kids from Father Christmas. And they tell of Father Christmas's adventures. And he has this very naughty polar bear who causes all kinds of accidents and problems, but it also addresses kind of like in the 1930s, um, Father Christmas writes a lot about like, hey, thank you for, you know, sending these lists, but there are lots of children who um, are having trouble finding food and finding, um, you know, just the everyday things that they need. And so you may find that your stockings are not as full as we try to care for these others. And I encourage you to care for these others. So it's also like wonderfully compassionate and a, a really just nice telling there. The version that we have has these beautiful illustrations of each of the letters as well, because each letter was handwritten and illustrated. It's just been like a really fun new look at, at kind of the father Christmas um, story. So I really recommend it. And even Jeff and I are enjoying reading it. And we just read one year each night together before bed. And mm-hmm. it's been really great. So that's um, Letters from Father Christmas by Tolkien. Nice. My recommendation is going to circle back to my triumph of of Noah, our four-year-old, starting to play by herself. And, and she's been getting really into Play-Doh and these Play-Doh tools. So my recommendation is to kind of imbue your kids crafting with a sense of like importance mm. and integrity. Like we're starting to call the area that she does clay. We're calling that her art studio. And 
her mom has been working with clay also in the basement next to her and that's her art studio and and me you know i have my studio my podcast studio up here so i feel like it's it it kind of makes her feel um you know that there's a certain kind of importance to to um you know being expressive and 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 making your own art it's not like go play with your play-doh it's like go to your studio and work on you know work on some mm. stuff and i i just kind of am noticing that she she's invigorated by that notion that she is making art just like you know um her her parents are too so you know uh yeah imbue your kids play with some 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 meaning in that way that's my recommendation i love that i love that too that's like like it's her job because it is her job yeah to like play and make things and i love that Okay, I feel like before we leave the recommendation segment, I have to circle back. Jamila, did you start the second season of um, Love Life? I did. Yes, I haven't gotten. It's really good. I've only gotten through the first maybe three episodes, but it's good. Okay. Okay, I have. It's on my list to 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 do. But I was like, I wonder if Jamila started. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. No, I've started. Awesome. Okay, that's the motivation I needed. That's it for our show. Before you go, please subscribe to the show. And if you have a question for us, email us at slate.com or post it to the Slate Parenting Facebook group. Just search for Slate Parenting. Also, if you're looking for a way to reward yourself this holiday season, please consider signing up for Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. It's only $1 for the first month and members will never hear another ad on our podcast or any other Slate podcast. You'll also get free and total access to Slate's website. To sign up now, go to slate.com slash mom and dad plus. Again, that's slate.com slash mom and dad plus. Thank you so much. Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced today by me, Zach Rosen. For Jamila Lemieux and Elizabeth Newcamp, I'm Zach Rosen. Thanks for listening. <laughs>